Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give them life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravishing flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation The power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Hi, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. I'm your host, James Boyd. And with me, I have Richard Lotta. What's going on, sir? I have one of the strongest minds that I've ever known. Oh my god! <laughs> when you heard, when you, when you read or heard that line, bruh, when you read or heard that line, did your mind go right where mine went? Where I was like, this sounds like the shit that like Sid was trying to say before he said, "I have half the brains that you do." <laughs> yo, when I heard that shit, I was like, yo. This is getting meme to oblivion. Like, I'm about to use this line on One Nation Radio. That's how I'm entering opening the show. Oh god. Uh, yeah. So yeah, man, I'm chilling. Just uh just dropped a song yesterday. First song put out in a long time. And we had a busy weekend here. Uh so if you guys haven't heard it, type in Say Me, Apple Music, Spotify, wherever you listen to your music, Rich Ladder, check it out. But yeah, man. The shit we got to talk about today. I think we're going to be, um, you know, the the end of the year 2020 uh, show. You might be uh, cutting up some, some shit from this here today because, oh, boy, okay. boy. So, because this was when we first talked about doing this show, um, planning out for weeks in a thing in a way that we never did before because, like, I was trying to do all this year-end stuff. This show was going to be uh, the takeover show, or the takeover Blackpool show. Um, so we're going to start with that, and then we'll get to the Tessa stuff and all the all the other shenanigans that's going around wrestling world as usual. Uh, I mean, I, you know. So let's just get to it. Uh, NXT takeover, NXT UK takeover Blackpool two. Jesus Christ, that's a lot of uh, words. Um, <laughs> what were your thoughts on the show in general? I thought it was decent. Um, thought it was like you know, uh, 
a little bit more than like fine, you know, just just on the borderline. I I probably say like a six and a half out of ten, uh, maybe a seven. And um, I thought there was one great match on the show uh, that Bait and uh, Devlin was fucking awesome. Uh, you talk about what a mid card match is supposed to be, the reasons why they were fighting, and the execution of the match. You know, they got to wrestle like way above what a mid card match would be and really just do like a main event match and mm-hmm. I felt like nothing on the show touched it or came close. And um I I was watching a lot of the show and I was like, huh, I don't know. It's a little dry. Um main event I I literally fell asleep on um <laughs> in the middle of the day. So uh I woke up and all of a sudden Adam Cole was in the ring after that visual pinfall. I had lost the will to to uh you know continue after just watching the baffling way, like when when Joe Coffee was laying Walter down with strikes a minute into the match, I was like, "Oh no, this <laughs> this is not this is not what I was sold." Um, yeah, way too much gallus here. Um, <laughs> it, like it's funny, like it comes out to silence, like Joe Coffee, and yep. it's just like, "Yo, why is Joe Coffee main evented as many NXT Takeover UKs as Walter?" Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, I mean, let's start in the main event. So, because you, you're already there. I just, I don't understand, like, the fascination with every main event and takeover having to go um, over 20 minutes. Like, most of the matches are fine because you have two incredible, or two um, kick-ass workers in the ring. In this case, you only had one. Um, and the problem with coffee is, and it's funny when I found this out that Killian Dane trained the Coffee Brothers because it's like, they're roughly the same. Like, they're big, like, they're big, like, uh, tough men-looking dudes that, like, try really hard every single time, but they're only but so good. And, like, when they're in there with somebody uh, better than them, like, they probably have a match better than, um, better than they normally have. But like the person that's a lot better than them they're in the ring with, they get they they come down to hit their level. Like so, you kind of get disappointed. He's like, well, damn, bro. Like it's, it's Matt Riddle, it's Pete Dunne, it's Walter. They can't like get out of this out of this Dane and and coffee muck. No, no. Okay, well then, like let's not do this ever again. Yeah, uh, a lot or of people it, or move it or or move you know these people down the card because they're not the cream of the crop. A lot of people that I, I tend to interact with are very disappointed with um, Walter's portrayal uh, in WWE, and it goes back to the Survivor Series when you beat him in three minutes, and right. all of a sudden he's a monster again, but he's losing visual pinfalls to Joe Coffey, and uh, he did chop the shit out of him during this match, like the part I did see, but it was a, it just wasn't enough. Uh, and then you know I hear that Joe Coffey lost to a rest hold, which is fucking hilarious. It wasn't a rest hold. <laughs> Like if that's a rest hold, then if that move is a rest hold, then like every move is a rest hold. Then every submission is a rest hold, in theory. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I, 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 we we came on this show last week and we said the magic number was twenty one. No, you they, said it, that. Or yeah, you agreed, right? I think so. Yeah. So <laughs> they, they went, went past twenty one, and we got what we got. But here's the problem, right? I think that the ref bump happened before we even got to 21 minutes. Right. Right. Because so, then they had to bring in all these other motherfuckers like uh, Dragunov and 
uh, Alexander Wolf right. and all these other people I don't care to see in the ring during the main event. Like, I'm, right. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> like the thing for me is like after after Jay White and Gato's bullshit at Rust Kingdom, right last weekend, and then the the AEW Women's Title match on Wednesday, which pissed me off too because. More people that have nothing to fucking do with the match in the ring without the ref saying, get the fuck out of here, kick rocks, none of that, and then they interfere with matches, and then and then the main event of a takeover. Ref bump, motherfuckers run down, shenanigans ensue. I've had a fucking enough of it for the last, like, I had to watch 10 hours or 11 hours of wrestling, or I didn't have to. I watched 11 hours of wrestling damn near um, last weekend. I watched the I watched the uh, Dynamite. It had the title match had bullshit in it, and then I got to watch the UK's uh, championship match have bullshit in it. Hey man, what the fuck? Just wrestle. And the thing and think about it is like, look, I can understand some interference if it quote unquote helps build your match and make and, t- and makes it jump a peak, right? The G one final this uh, last year. Uh, Gargano and and uh, Cole won in um, WrestleMania weekend uh, last year. Those elevated the match. This match either stayed the same for the next uh, until the, the finish, or probably got worse after the, after that. So it was a mistake. Don't waste our fucking time. Yeah. More um, no, no, no. More simply, <laughs> don't waste my fucking time. I'm sick of this shit. Stop fucking and- around in your matches. And the thing with the match is going that long. This is a Triple H and Shawn Michaels home promotion. Two (laughs) guys that have never had reservations about going long, even sometimes when they have no business going long. (laughs) So, and I imagine this promotion is being molded in their image. And the UK is Shawn Michaels' baby. Like, this is what it's going to be. Like, this is what it is. So, like, get used to it. Look. I think either A, you have to shorten the match because because you know it's coffee in there, or B, put somebody in there that is, quite frankly, a lot better than coffee. And there are a lot of people, I believe, and feel, in NXT UK that are a lot better. If you had put uh, Mark Andrews in there, you could have done that, and it would have worked because Andrews is a lot better than coffee. Like, people say this, people say that, like, uh, Flash Morgan Webster, like, He's a he, he does cool stuff, but he botches the cool stuff he does um at a pretty high frequency. I'm willing to I'm willing to risk it. <laughs> Throw him out there. Throw him out there. If this what you, if coffee is what you got, I'd rather see uh, Walter Bro. go out there and throw around and chop the shit out of small dudes and then sell for them temporarily, and it's awesome. Yeah, I I don't. Well, I saw a tweet from uh, Voice of Wrestling that said like, "Yo." If you told me the NXT UK, like the main event picture, largely the first year after the takeover, is going to be the fucking Joe Coffee story. Like, I, I don't know what to say. Like, it's like, you know, you got all those guys, and it's like, yo, what are we doing here? So, um, I guess we can go to the next match. Yeah. Okay. Um, Fatal 4 NXT. Fatal Four Way uh, tag ladder match for the tag titles in in NXT UK. Uh, it is the champions Wolfgang and the other Coffee right uh, versus Andrews and Webster 
versus Grizzly Young Veterans versus Imperium, Eichner, and Bartel. Um, what were your thoughts on this match? They wrestled hard, but I just didn't really get into it, except from when they did that, that two-man dive like onto the tables or whatever. But the rest of it, I was just like, oh, it's a, it's a WWE ladder match. And I was like, oh, okay. But it didn't, it didn't grab me or anything. I thought that they were having a great match. I thought they were headed towards four and a half stars until they took forever to uh, build up to a five ladder. um, Like a castle. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, look, man, the worst thing you could do. I don't know. I don't know. All these people have wrestled a bunch. All these people are are wrestling. If they're not geniuses, they're, they're damn sure all have their degrees in wrestling from wrestling in, over the years um, in the UK and around the world um, before they even got to NXT UK. Yeah. But I don't know anybody that's watched, I don't know, let's say 10 ladder matches that doesn't realize that if you do, if you your setup takes forever to do in a ladder match, don't do it because it's doing nothing but drag your show your match down. And they just kept building and building and building. And I don't mean in the Okada way. They just kept building shit and stacking shit next to each other. And then not knowing which, should this ladder go on this side of the bigger ladder or the other side? Well, no, because there's no space on this. Okay, moving around. And then it's like, hey, man, y'all didn't realize how this was going to go. Y'all didn't realize that this was going to go bad, putting five ladders in the ring together that y'all all were going to try to climb up and do, you know, shit off of. I mean, whatever. Like. I'm sure in their minds they thought it was going to be something great, but in the execution it didn't pan out. And that's what we talk about when you try to watch some of these matches and why things work or they don't work is what's the layout versus what's the execution. Because right. And this was one where execution, you know, or probably the game plan was like, I, I don't know if it wasn't. No. Nah. I, I don't know if it was a case of where they didn't have the guys to do the match that they wanted to do or if, like, they're just a slave to that format. Like, it felt like, you know, well, I mean, I, I think I heard, um, I can't remember who I'm talking about this. I think I've heard a few people talk about this, but yeah, I mean, yes, there is a, there's a standard version of WWE ladder matches, whatever else. Um, but I don't know, like this didn't feel like, you know, <sighs> I enjoyed the match till all of a sudden it just it, it didn't I didn't enjoy it anymore and it was and for me it was that ladder match like yo this killed this halted their momentum and then mm-hmm. they never seemed to be able to get it back and then they had the one they they were they were doing um both members of Gallus were supposed to be taken out on um table bridges from the uh, apron to the barricade and there was a the big ladder Andrews and Webster were going to climb up both and they were going to hit uh, um. 450s on it or whatever else um and then what the pre-cut table just pre-cut on them and then they said screw that we're just gonna they actually did a better spot than that they actually you know did the double um 450 or whatever the hell that was onto one of the dudes i think it was wolfgang like and i thought like okay well she didn't go to according to plan but they came up with a hotter spot so um, but yeah i mean there's I'm, i would never call this match bad i would never call this match anything i was still i mean i gave it four flat so mm-hmm. maybe I don't know how most people think about it, but I thought they were heading in a really great space, but a really great place, but it just didn't work out at the end. Yeah, it, I I don't know. It just maybe I was not into it on, on 
you know, I'm, I haven't really been following these guys, but the, the video package before the match, like, um, kind of tied everything together in well. And um, I don't know. It's just <laughs> one thing that's, that's weird is when you look at what the main event was, it was Walter versus Joe Coffey. Mm-hmm. And then you hear both of those musics, the match before, I feel like it inevitably, like, lowers, like, the excitement. It's like, yo, I just heard, like, this music, these entrances from right. the underlings. I know mm-hmm. Undisputed Era doesn't really have that problem because Cole is, like, <laughs> more over the... Because Cole has the baby yeah. stuff, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, so... And boom. Yeah, I don't know. It's just... Maybe I'm just, like, looking at something weird, but I don't know. That... Like when I when I first start hearing that Walter music and then those dudes walk out, I'm just like, oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Another thing I didn't like about the match, um, because I thought like, okay, well these dudes are killing each other. Like Imperium's killing each other, Andrews and Webster's killing each other, Grizzly Young Vets is killing each other, especially Drake. Jesus. Um, and then Gallus Gallus just retains the titles. It's like. Okay, so this is what it would have been like if like The Rock had just re- just held the title at uh, SummerSlam '98. Like you got this other fucking guy out here killing himself in the, in the middle of a fucking ladder match, taking all the bumps, going crazy, trying to bec- you know trying to become you know somebody the company can value in the future, and then like nah, we go we just gonna keep it on the guy that's taking the nice easy approach. Like what the fuck? All right, whatever. Um... I don't know, man. And it was weird because, like, we talked to Ricky Clive every single day, and Ricky loves him some Gallus. And I'm just like, what? It's funny. Like, he enjoys when I uh, make fun of, like, Caleb for his love for mediocre motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> and, I w- and I would not say that Gallus is mediocre, but they just good. And being just good in this area is almost like being mediocre. Yeah, that I don't know. When I hear that Gallus music, a part of my soul dies. <laughs> All right, you got anything else? Or it's time to talk about the real. Let's talk about the real. Woo, man! Tyler Bate versus Jordan Devlin. This match was fucking awesome. Um, what are your thoughts? Because because there's so many things in my mind. Like they just did so much wrestling. It's hard to wrap my head around it. But there are a few things I remember. So you go ahead. I thought this was phenomenal from the wrestling, for the video package, why they were fighting, to knowing those guys, like how it seemed like the crowd just had so much disdain for Devlin and they were living and dying with Tyler Bate. They were doing a lot of early, uh, you know, matching each other with the chain wrestling, the striking, the big moves. And it seemed like they were just like, they just kept building match, like, and logical, like, I'm going to need to do more to beat you here. I'm going to need to do more. And then, you know, it comes out in that slugfest. And this was a, it, it was a technical wrestling masterpiece as well as like, just like what it feels like this era of wrestling should be like, this is just a, a modern classic. I feel like, and I'm you know, talking up a lot here, but I like this match more than the Russell kingdom main event. I liked it. Or the second day, the Okada and Naito, um, I thought this is going to be one of the best matches of the year. Um, this was just like, I don't, I said this in a group chat. I was like, I don't think you do a mid card match better than this. And it, because the only thing that I would have done to make it a more standard mid card match was I would have probably chopped like 
five or seven minutes off of it to keep mm-hmm. it to that match time. But once they got, I think they won about 22 minutes. I don't think you can do it better than that right now. And it's like Devlin's the Irish ace, who's an ace. And Tyler Bate is just like bigger. He's more gruff. And it's like, you hope he gets a chance because he, him having great matches ain't nothing new. It's just like, he's fucking stuck on his brand. Well, rotting and he's 22 years old now. And it's always like, Oh, he's the, He's the future. He's the future. And then, like, that was three years ago, motherfucker, like, it, it, where he was the future. And now we're here, and it's like, okay, well, how is this going to help him? Like, hopefully, he he can, you know, increase his profile. But chances are he's probably not because NXT is a scam. So I'll hand it over. Okay. But so- the match is fucking phenomenal. Okay, so um, I'm just going to address the 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 dour nerd just turned into like nothing even matters in WWE. Why are we even watching this shit? So um, yeah, the thing with Tyler Bates, Tyler Bates already done some um, domestic NXT recently in like the last few months. So like I expect this, I almost expect for him to like to come in eventually. Um, now especially uh, obviously not besides just for um. World's Clyde. I mean, for like the future, like there's nothing else from the comments. He was our, he was the first fucking UK champ. He got, I mean, he he had the match of a lifetime against against Walter and lost. There's really nowhere else to go other than like if you build to an eventual rematch with Walter again. But uh, you, you, the whole idea is if you want to do that, cool. But like those are tapings. Bring his ass to full sale, <laughs> please. So anyway, um, yeah, to the match. I th- I was watching this match and I was like, "Oh, this is so good! This is so good! I'm enjoying the hell out of this." And then they out of nowhere decided just like, "Oh yeah, we're just gonna just fucking jab each other in the it, like it in the fucking jaw <laughs> for for a little bit." And then like then and then they did the whole part where it was like turning to just a slugfest that of soft punches because they don't you know they were out here just rot each other ten times a piece and then you know the people that hate whatever, the political motherfuckers like, put up the tweet of, ha ha ha, look how bad the wrestling is. It's like, yo, okay, like, what's your favorite match? I bet I can find something worse. Anyway, mm. um, from any match. So, then, that happened, and then from there, like, he, like, Bait is so incredible, like, and the thing about his matches, I don't feel like his matches are like super structured in the way that like a Johnny uh takeover match would be. But because he always figures out like, you know, obviously he's gonna do the, the airplane spin orders, but like the fact that he's like, alright, I'm just gonna spin him for like fifty damn times. And the crowd is with him you know, throughout the whole entire match and it's and like I just think the match is is great. Uh like the fact that he hit the Tyler driver, he kicks he I forgot the move. He does I'm sorry he does a springboard turner, a springboard turn in transition, jump off tornado DDT, then gets up. Tyler drives him. He kicks. He immediately drags him to the corner and then hits a like a corkscrew senton. It's like what the fuck, yo, yeah. this dude's incredible. Um, I mean, I already knew that, but it's like I already thought you were one of the best wrestlers in the world. Like you're even better than that now. <laughs> um, yeah, look, dude's, dude's just awesome, and, 
like, he's in WWE and he's 5'6", and he's not a good promo. Like, unless that changes, you know the rest. This is it. Like, until he gets out of his deal, like, NXT... NXT, he, he has a great career, whatever else, NXT. Hopefully, they start paying these NXT dudes their money, especially when they money, uh, their contracts start coming up, and they're going to have to. Um, but outside of that, like, you want this man to see him? I don't want this man to ever see Tyler Bate. Like, it, like I understand you say, where's the path to stardom? It's like, we've seen a path for stardom. It's not a path. It's a brick fucking wall. I don't, like... I, I used to be at a point when people used to talk about, like, I don't want to ever see someone get called up or whatever else. And I used to be like, man, you know, you got to give him a chance or whatever else. We look at the track record. No. I, I'm I'm so happy for AEW starting in NXT, starting up Dynamite so that NXT moved to two hours on live TV. Now there's less of a need for them to, uh, to just bleed out uh, NXT and try to start over. That now people can actually have some careers and be good for a long time as opposed to they're good for... 18 months, they come up, and then they're Bobby Roode. Nakamura. Shall we continue? Yeah, there's a million million people. There's a million people, right? So, I'm just... I, I, look, if, if they would rather, if they would rather be on the main roster, working a million dates, getting paid, uh, paid more money, but, you know, working more dates, having less spectacular matches, being a part of this is batshit stuff, let him go. I'll be happy for him, whatever else. But I do not enjoy watching the main roster. I and I damn sure and you damn sure ain't gonna watch see that kind of match on the main roster. We ain't seen a match like that since what? John Cena and AJ Styles. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. That was what? That was Royal Rumble 2018, 17. 17 maybe. Yeah. So been a while. Yeah. Been a long, long time, and I remember saying like, "That's the best. That's one of the best matches in a long time." And Richard's like, "I remember you're kind of like, yeah, but I don't think it's gonna last, bitch. It lasted, <laughs> and not in a good way." But yo, that's like the end, like, and then, like, like you know, Royal Rumble 2017. You know, company mm-hmm. falls off. Yeah, guess we can go to the women's match. I, I thought it was awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. Com- company falls off a cliff after I don't <laughs> after World War One twenty seventeen. Uh, regardless, uh, five stars. Yeah, five stars for me too. Um, yeah, like it's the third best match I've seen this year. Um, early year though. Up next, the NXT Women's Title Match, triple threat match between champion Kylie Ray, Kylie Ray, Kaylee Ray, Viper, Piper Niven. And Tony Storm. What do you think of this match, Rich? Oh, it was all right. Um, the video package had me dying laughing when Kaylee Ray was on there, like, no more Tony Storm, <laughs> uh, which was just fucking amazing uh, when she said that. Uh, <laughs> they did every, like, triple threat kind of thing. They had a lot of, like, uh, I would say unique spots, but like uh, Tony Storm's like let me like with her dramatic, like whenever her like pins get broken up or something like that. It's just the overacting is on another level. It's like yo, know, um, I might have preferred a singles match here because like 
and even it's like almost any combo of the two, I would have rather a single than a uh, triple threat. Really? I thought this match yeah. was a lot better than the Tony Storm and Kaylee Ray match from uh, Cardiff in in August last year. I I mean, this was yes, it was very much a WWE um, stand triple th- triple threat match, as in one of the baby faces in the match has a match won. The hill comes in and steals the fucker's pin, and because they're a jackass and hills are just smarter than everybody else, so. That, that's that's the that's the standard triple threat match in, in, in WWE. Um, it's like yes, the bastard always wins by stealing it. Like it can't just be the babyface fucking wins. <laughs> um, put somebody down with your finish. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, so I thought it was cool. It was like, oh, all right. Yeah, I I gave, I gave it three and a half. Like I I thought that they did a million dives in this match. Um, and I don't necessarily know why. Um, Kelly Graham was blood. Yeah, out of she, she, yeah she almost fought up. Yeah, she did a flip dive. Uh, she did a front flip dive over the, off the top ropes into the barricade, and it seemed like NXT UK's barricades are like closer or more narrow. Like the pathway is more narrow between the barricade and the um, ring. So like she jumped off, and then like she she's coming down, like her leg clips the barricade i'm like oh she may have just blown her knee out luckily that didn't happen but like i you know aside from that is like a few of the gross things i saw is like she um and kaylee ray is like clearly about that life like she's mm-hmm. a psycho um there was also a spot where piper goes to give her a power bomb and kaylee ray's hair was caught underneath piper's boot and you can see her hair get caught as she's lifting her up, and then at the very end, it let go. And I was like, "Oh, that had to hurt so bad." Oh, um, but yeah, like I thought, I thought it was a good match. I I didn't think it was something special or something epic, but like that kickout spot on Tony Storm, like the crowd popped huge for that. And I thought, I thought it was like, that's a great, that's a great near fall. Um, so so yeah, that's where I'm at on it. Yeah, um, Kaylee Ray keeps keeps the belt, but. I don't know if she's a star, but she's a good wrestler. So, yeah, um, yeah, that's 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 kind of what it is right now. I think that I think the main thing is going to come down to the end game is Piper's going to win the thing, mm. which cool. I mean, she's good enough. Um, yeah. So uh, the the opening match, Trent Seven versus Eddie Dennis, and you're going to have to talk about it because I missed this match. I and saw I was it, not, um, and I came into it late, and I said, "I am not going to, uh, <laughs> I am not going to be twenty minutes behind on this thing, or what, or fifteen, or whatever the fuck it was, to try to well, catch up on an Eddie Dennis match." I'm good. <laughs> well, it only went eight minutes, and they came, uh, they came flying out the gate, like just like big moves, like, and they were like quick, like um, immediately. But I was watching any Eddie Dennis, and he changed his gear again, and it's like, <laughs> what is what does it look like now? It's like he has a he has has a, a all singlet now or whatever i think he has a singlet yeah okay but it's like he doesn't have enough muscles it seems like to do it like up top so like there's something about him that doesn't make sense when i look when i watch him because it's like he's a big man and he's but tall, not really he's strong as hell but he has no right. muscles i get you right it's like it's, it's just something i don't get it or whatever <laughs> like and Trent seven like had a crown palm in his hand uh he's such a great old man wrestler i don't really know how old he is or whatever but 
Uh, he wrestles like he's old, but um, yeah, this was uh, you know if you're gonna make Eddie Dennis like look strong, like Seven did an awesome job being an enhancement talent here. Um, you know, solid opener, like nothing like you know just uh, to steal a phrase, it helps make the show and you know not steal the show. So, okay. so Trent Seven is thirty eight. Oh, okay. Never mind. He is an old man. <laughs> oh, man. We call the rest of old at 38, huh? That's where the game's gone. You 38 and you still rapping? Oh, remember that? <laughs> <sighs> well. Well, no. Trent Seven wrestles like an old man. I got what you meant. I got what you meant. I'm just saying, damn, bro. Like, AJ Styles doesn't wrestle like a 42-year-old. Or whatever, he still does. Sure about r- that? Look, he does rather athletic things, but um, you know, he's on the decline. But okay. he's like, like Trent Seven. Like, I don't think he he necessarily needs to even jump over a quarter at this point. Oh, like, man. he's he's like, I'm keeping it ground base. Uh, I'm you know, I'm selling. I'm firing up, punching. You know, stuff like that. So, okay, oh, awesome man. tag wrestler. Yes, yes. An incredible uh, person to set up for a hot tag. Like, maybe the best I've ever seen. Like, I, I mean, I never saw... Uh, which which one of the... Um, which one of the rock and rolls was Ricky. the one that got it? Rick, I, ne- I, I mean, I never saw... I never really... I don't think I've ever seen a uh, Rock and Roll Express tag match. Like, I'm and look, don't send me recommendations. Don't Dan, Josh, none of y'all hearing this. Do not send me a link to to that because that shit. I, I won't hurt your feelings, and that shit will be left unwatched. I'm not watching no '80s wrestling. I'm good. Like the only '80s wrestling I'm going to remember is the stuff I've already seen. I'm not going back. Like, leave that past it's in over. the past. So it's over. yes. Um. Anyway, yeah. So. I guess now you got to talk about Tessa Blanchard, eh? Ooh, Tessa Blanchard. Come on down. To, hold on, hold on, hold on. Tessa Blanchard, bring your punk ass to the stage. <laughs> oh, man. Yo. <sighs> Let me go through the tweets. So disappointing. So, so yeah, just like. Too. Oh, man. Um, you always heard the stories. Or some type of vague like thing. You always hear stuff about having a, her having a bad attitude. We didn't know the bad attitude was bullying and racism. <laughs> yeah, who knew? Uh, apparently, you know, people that had this shit like you know on the tuck that that weren't revealing this, but um, you know, that all came to a head when Tessa Blanchard sent a rather you know benign tweet. I have it put out. Okay. Hey, women, try supporting one another. Cool things happen. And the uh, fucking floodgates opened. It sure did. Allison K, the AEW Women's Champion, if I remember correctly. Um, the who? I said AEW. Oh, shit. I NWA. Mean, uh, the NWA Women's Champion. You know, it's all the same thing. You know, they all work. They all about to work together because of Oops. Marty. Because of Marty, you know, Marty gonna make it all together. He's gonna make it all make sense. He is gonna <laughs> be the key linchpin that makes AEW New Japan uh, <laughs> Ring of Honor and NWA all to come together. Look, CMLL, AAA, y'all gonna have to just squash all that beef. He's either get with it, get on in. Yeah, get the fuck out of here. Uh, but uh, yeah, so. 
I did all that to try to feel, and while I was feeling, I did not pull up Allison K's uh, Twitter. Uh, and I am not spelling Allison K well right now. Cover for me, Rich. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's just this thing went from one piling on from All right, I found it. Fuck off. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. So, did she delete this tweet? No, I got it. I got I the screenshots say, for sure. Well she did not delete this tweet. She deleted the tweet. Hold on, Allison K. What you doing? You acting like we ain't got screenshots of this stuff. Come how on. You, how you Come on, Allison. Tweet? Come on, Allison. Uh, I, 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 nope. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. All right. All right. So she says, remember the time when you spat in a black woman's face and called her the N-word in Japan? <laughs> Was that you supporting women? The audacity of this tweet. Oh, my God. Um. Yeah. So bad, so bad. A so, spitting in someone's face. You those. That's like a motherfucker must kill you if if you do something like that, right? Like that. Last you're eligible to have someone try to like choke you and not let go. Um, <laughs> and then you called her like, you know, you you called this woman the N word. Like, do you think she hit her with the hard R? Do you, like that you are a, you know? Do you do you think stop acting like a? Like, oh, like, like what 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 do we have here, James? Like, man, I mean, what I will say is when when you said choke, you would not let go. I thought of like um. I thought about like the end of Titanic when they had when they had fucking uh, DiCaprio sending that water on that big ass piece of water with her and uh, yeah, Winsley could both could, both could have both been on. I'll never let go, Jack. I'll never let go. Yeah, I'll never let go. Freaking your fucking neck. Um, so there, there's that. Um, then. But this this story turned into a bunch of different things, so I'm just going to go, like, uh, at this point, I'm just going to go topic by topic. So we're focusing right now on the hard R and the spit. So she addresses that tweet, Tessa, by not adding or um, comment retweeting, uh, I almost called her Sienna, Alice K, but by saying, not true, not going to give any of these ridiculous whatever, or ridiculous claims, my time of day, that sort of thing, on a tweet. Um, then from there, throughout the rest of the day, you had, uh, let me pull up the list, because I had to make an elaborate one uh, for, for for this show. So, you had... Well, before you do that, at the same time that this came out, Minutes later, Chelsea Green. No, got I was to saying I was, I'm, we're, we're going to oh, okay, you're gonna go. topic okay. by topic. We'll get to the bullying part later in the section. So, um, then from there, uh, word comes out. Um, some some people like uh, some of the, some of the uh, Joshi reporters and writers, some of whom we know, nudge nudge, wink wink, um, <laughs> publicly came out and and it said like. We knew about this story in 2017. So, um, when I heard before, I so I heard the the name. It was La Rosa Negra. So, what I immediately do is go to the cage match. Look at the days that Tessa was in there. Um, right, 
Look at La Rosa Negra when she was in there because La Rosa Negra is a former high speed champion. See, their her both their tours had overlap in um, April of 2017. Bingo! There's there's your time. So then from there you have Moose. Oh my god! Of all people, bringing his country ass down to the stage, and he goes on to say. If it's still oh, he says to um, Allison K and Chelsea Green, I guess you and Chelsea Green are absolute angels with a clean pass. The timing of these tweets from you guys show a lot about your character. One, who the fuck is moves to be talking about character? Two, why is he shuff- shucking and jiving his ass hot there on Twitter to come defend this white one? Three. Moose, are you still beating women? <laughs> Fair question to ask, right? What's what's the, what's the allegation against him that he uh, he pushed women downstairs, right? Yes. Yeah. Like, look, I'm it, not trying to hear it from you. Like, 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 there yeah. are people that can make points, and you know, they're not necessarily someone you may want to hear this thing from, and their point can be valid. I'm sorry, I don't want to hear it from you, Moose. Right, and. Like, it's funny that, like, all these women came together uh, to support each other in dragging Tessa. Uh, that, so that's all, those are women-supported women. Like, but it's, it's kind of funny that, like, someone like Moose, who clearly ain't out here supporting women, and <laughs> Tessa, who ain't, is, is, is coming to Kate for someone like Tessa, who also ain't supporting like women. They all, it's like they almost on the same side of the coin. Right. Like, in a weird way. Right. Yeah. Okay. So that's uh, good. That's moving on. To, there's there's more. There's even more. So two um, people stuck in impact for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Shannon from a from AEW mentioned that like yes, seen and heard worse in Japan from Tessa. I was like, yep. Yeah, wow. Like that's a person that was in, in that did like two dates in Impact from all I know. Um, then. Then you have Ariel Monroe, which is funny because Tessa said, not true whatsoever. Ariel Monroe says, this has been something that's been way, that's been like a big deal amongst me and my friends that are wrestlers. I've been talking to La Rosa. Just I've think talked about to Tessa it. about trying to get them to bury the hatchet about what happened. Sounds like something she's saying. Something that actually I've happened. To both of them. Yeah, right. Exactly. And, and if you think about it like there's a there's a close connection with Big Swole and Tessa because who trained Tessa Blanchard or trained with her earlier? Big Swole's husband, Cedric Alexander. Oh yeah, and the North Carolina collection connection. Bingo. Ah, uh, didn't know that, but it makes sense now. Okay. Oh man, what a mess. Yeah, so then you have um Renee Michelle. Um another person actually this yeah, she's kinda like the tie over. Um but yeah, so we have Renee Michelle uh, come out. This is somebody that was also named as somebody that was uh, bullied by Tessa in the past, and she said that La Rosa is a friend of mine. After that happened with her um, in stardom, uh, she she quickly left, and then I soon worked to help her get uh, dates in Marvelous. Uh, and you see, go to the cage match. She stops working um, 
in stardom, a former high-speed champion, starts working in stardom uh, during tours. Like at the like, I think like the twenty third of April, leaves does a couple dates in Shimmer or not Shine, and then in like in July, her next dates from there on are like she does Marvelous and Seedling shows. Mm-hmm. And, and the and I think it's it's important to contextualize the bullying. Like, uh, so is this a good time to bring the Chelsea Green one into it? Yep, yep. Let's go ahead and do that. So, uh, Chelsea Green. Oh, let me get away from this Moose Twitter. I might have to block that dude. Or mute him. I don't want to see his dumbass tweets. Uh, yeah, so... Then from there... We end up getting Chelsea Green uh, to that same tweet about supporting uh, uh, women. She said, uh, Chelsea Green says to Tessa, you've consistently put down, bullied, and belittled countless female wrestlers, including me. Is that support? Question mark. And... You know, Tessa is in a position to where she's very talented. Let's not get this get this fucked up. Like, she's very talented among American women. She's probably in the top three, top five. Some people say she's the best. And she is wrestling royalty. And she, may, you know, regardless whether she does or not, it seems like other people feel like they could be blackballed if they're on her wrong side and she runs amok over people in locker rooms, uh, you know, abusing that, you know, whether it's real or not, mm-hmm. she, she's abusing it. You know, wh- whatever she can, can do, she can stop somebody's bags, as they say. And mm-hmm. if you think about, you know, the women, you know, in this, this country, if you have someone like Tessa Blanchard, who's probably on every single big show, or whatever. That's not somebody that you want to make an enemy out of, right? Like, like it's like, well, where am I going to wrestle? And you know, that's a, that's a legit fear for like you know a lot of women, and it seems like a lot of women have just been sitting on this and waiting on it, and you never see uh, Tessa Blanchard being supported by by women. She strangely has become a maverick of intergender wrestling. Seems like it's <laughs> not by choice now. Um, <laughs> it, it's almost to the point where none of the women want want to work with her, and um. The the bullying thing, like the racism thing, is really bad. We're not done with that by a long shot, uh, as Stone Cold would say. But this thing with with, with the bullying is like uh, going over to Isla Dawn now. Uh, she, you know, retweeted and said, uh, you know, as someone who's experienced your bullying firsthand, received regular verbal abuse, and was spat on, had rumors spread about me, dealt with multiple attempts by you to blacklist me from other companies. I pray that you follow your own advice. Um, in, you know, reference to our first tweet, Isla Dawn is someone who got in a fist fight, I believe, with Tessa Blanchard. Right. Beat that ass from uh, what, I'm, what I'm so. what I'm gathering here. You know, we, we have sources here. What's up, sources? And um, <laughs> and um, you know, all of a sudden, I believe it was Isla Dawn who was not able to return back to stardom after that, right? Um, I am looking through it right now. Um, that seems to be the case. That or La Rosa Negra, or La Rosa Negra definitely put the pause on her too. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like the last time, uh, like cause it's funny because like Tessa's done two tours of stardom. She did one in 2016 and she did one in 2017. And apparently, in both of them, she got into fights with somebody and got her ass whooped. 
so yeah, like in 2016, she got into Isle of Dawn, and and I believe the thought was that she said that like, that uh, Isla was stealing stuff, so she fought her, and then and then Isla whooped that ass. Um, she wasn't going by Isla at the time; she was going by Courtney Stewart. But yeah, so then I guess she said, you know what, New Year, New Me, I'm going to go back to stardom, and then this time she's <laughs> she said, this time I'm going to call someone the N word, spit in their face, and then get my ass whooped. <laughs> <laughs> she look, look. At least she brave. Back. Look, look, look. It's a, it's a. Apparently, you got to be brave to be a racist. You know. Look, I, I guess, I guess one thing I'll say for Tessa is I'm glad she ain't come back in 2018 to see get her third strike. That might have been. The, she might have been put down for the count. Um, but yeah, that's that's uh that's I think I mean I think there's a few other things we have. Yeah, uh, let's see what things. else we have on the Twitters uh, or not Twitter, but about um oh. All the people that talked about her bullying. Uh, we have exactly. Priscilla Kelly. Oh, Priscilla Kelly. Yeah, let's start with her. Priscilla Kelly did um, apparently, you know, she, you know, last year she made, she got some buzz for herself by doing the, the, uh, was it the bloody, the bloody tampon spot, the vomit yep. spot. And uh, Priscilla Kelly basically said, like, you, you basically tried to cut, you tried to get into my bag with this, right? Um, you know, by bad mouthing me. Uh, I'm not pulling up tweets at this point. We're going pretty long on this Tessa Blanchard thing. And then, of yeah, all like, people, Kavita DeVe, who's only known this woman for one fucking day. Right. <laughs> Quite possibly, I've only met her for one day. Also said that, like, nah, she ain't, nah, I ain't witness such shit either. Which is like, it, it's... The Battle it's, Royal thing. The, no, the we'll, get we'll get to it. Yeah. Well, hold on, we'll get to it. it. It's very telling that... Oh, my God. Uh, it, It's very telling that Tessa was, you know, one of the people that we thought, well, I think we previewed the first Mian Classic is someone that, that we looked for WWE to sign after this thing. She was in the first match, in the first round with Kyrie. It was a great match. It was one of the better matches of that tournament. Didn't get signed. Got sent, got sent back in the first, uh, the first go-round. First day. Didn't get signed. People, you heard words about why you get signed, and you hear stuff about attitude or whatever else. Then Kavita Devi, who's only met, probably met her for one damn day in her whole life, is like, "Nope, <laughs> I'm good." Yeah, it's like very telling. Yeah, uh, the battle royal was was uh, interesting, uh, like nugget that came out. Yeah. So the more is like Saturday's going. This is like three hours of time where it's just constantly <laughs> refresh your phone because there's another wrestler that's hopped in with a story or with something that's able to be corroborated, and we got the battle royal. Yes, so. Uh, okay. <laughs> so we end up getting on um, from Faye Jackson uh, uh, that tweeted something along the lines of, y'all talking about Tessa? Remember that y'all ever hear about that time that she got into uh, <laughs> she got into a, a real fight in a battle royal twice <laughs> and then, and then went backstage and called everybody trash uh, and then proceeded to get into another fight backstage and I was like, wait, what? So, good old cage match. <laughs> Coming to the rescue. Typed it in. Tessa Blanchard matches. Go to it. Type in Faye Jackson. Enter. There's only one match that they've ever had <laughs> together. And it was All I need is one match. World. Right. It was from January 2018. It was for uh, it was for Women's Wrestling Revolution. Uh, and... I'm looking, I'm like, do they have streaming? What's their situation? Where can I see this match? I must see this shoot fight. So, 
I'm looking around, can't find it. It's not up. I look at the card that it's on. I'm looking at their matches. I see like five matches from this card that's on there. I'm like, oh, they hiding this bitch. Okay. I see what y'all doing. Maybe, what, a half hour, 45 minutes later. It was up. It all of a sudden magically got put up. I was just like, outstanding. (laughs) (laughs) Know your audience. (laughs) So, we watching this shit, and it's just a soft pillow fight. Yeah, no one wants to actually be out there. Yeah, it's just like any other like when people talk about like when they get a bunch of indie wrestlers to do a battle royal, they don't want to actually be in it. They just don't want to do as little. They want to do as little as possible. But <laughs> there was a hard chop that Deanna Perazzo gave uh, Tessa Blanchard. Yes, and woke her up. Tessa and... blows her stack. You can see it on her face. She tump. She turns right back and rears back and tries to chop Deanna as hard as she possibly can. And then they just start throwing, and then they just start throwing hands, clubbing, and and until like Karen Q, no, no, I'm sorry, that's the, that's the second exchange, that's the second one, the second more heated exchange. They eventually calm down, but this is like two minutes and forty seconds into the match, or into mm-hmm. the video of the match, which means like it probably happened like you know like uh, ninety seconds into the match, but. They break it up. They continue wrestling and and t- tone it down a whole lot, like. So then they get to like the eight minute mark of the, of the video, eight minute four, thirty seconds, and there's a spot where Tessa's just hanging out and just just lounging on the bottom turnbuckle in the corner, and it's Karen Q, Tessa, and uh, Deanna in the ring, and Deanna is still kind of like it looks like she's selling, but I don't know if she's really like she her nose is leaking from getting hit from these real blows. All of a sudden, she sees her laying down in the corner. She walked right up to her in a stern walk and just bah. slaps the sh- the fire out of her. It's like, oh my <laughs> god! And then next thing, they get up and it's Fra Takiyama. <laughs> yes, we throwing blows. Yeah, man, <laughs> this was just like, oh my god! Like right. a literal shoot battle royal. Yes. Has anyone sent this to Brian Alvarez yet? I'm, I'm sure he's had to have heard about it by now. Uh, so then. It gets, it's so bad that like Karen Q realizes like oh 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 y'all need to stop relax yeah relax, this this, this ain't any, this this is not in gimmick like that yes. y'all going all book like yes. <laughs> right and you can hear the commentary go like oh this is what what's going on here they're clearly like yo this is not part of the scheduled programming here uh so the match continues and let you know how how low stakes this match was and to find out like how how like crazy this was for Tessa is in the middle of this match Faye Jackson. Rikishi's Tessa uh, in the match, like the you know ass on face, and then you you hear that after the match, Face Jack said this, and also uh, Tara Calloway that was also in the match, both said that after after that happened, two fights in the middle of the match. After the match, Tessa goes backstage, calls all women trash, and then they and then got into another fight backstage that uh, somebody had to break up. They malcontent. That, that, that's all I can say. And and back to you know the what jumped this whole thing off. Like this is the standard definition of racism. You know, using your position, you know, your position of power with you know bigotry 
you know, behind it and, you know, terrorizing people. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's like, there will be people that would be sit live say, you know what? Cause people have said this about her. She's quote unquote changed over the last two years. There's been, there's been some growth. But once you, once you combine, once you combine the hard R or, or the N word as a white person with spit, <laughs> like, yeah. that is, like that is that's like that yo. is yeah that is a that is a lethal combination like that is that's like that's, that's I, I ain't never that's about real to look racist. at I, I'm never about to look at Tessa Blanchard the same the same again like and it's just if, like like if we get a video reenactment of that it will be in black and white just like one of the sixty civil rights videos <laughs> don't even miss be water hoses and dogs in picket signs <laughs> God damn that's racist that is yes. that is that is Motown Blues and racism. Jesus. This is don't get off the bus in Mississippi racist. Like, this is like, yo, that this, lunch counter is not for you yes, racist. Yes, like, th- this, this is this like... Is, I know y'all boys ain't going to vote racist. <laughs> <laughs> this is why are you looking over at this white woman racist? This is, this is all that. Like, this is bad. Um... And her non-apology may have even been worse, uh, which was the opening line, you know, after she wins the title, immediately 24 hours later, proving there is no such thing as cancel culture, uh, which was fucking hilarious. Uh, when people were saying, you know, we need to, you know, whatever. Like, people were trying to defend us, of course, because there's someone that would defend anyone. Um, it, it, it was funny because somebody, somebody in the thing said, like, and I guess they're concerns that people actually do get canceled. And my point was like, name me one. I, I don't think I said name me one, but like they use an example of they use an example of Duke Lacrosse, and then I immediately responded because I followed Duke Lacrosse at the time. And I was like, those dudes that got falsely accused all got twenty million dollars in settlements, all three apiece. What? There's literally nothing dangerous about you know a bunch of people railing on someone reporters confirming the story and everything like that right. and then making an assumption from there it combined with like you know this person making a horrible apology with like also denying it ever happened so obviously there's some type of cap going on right. um it was it was a it was a dark day for 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 wrestling and a dark day for Tessa Blanchard she'll never be looked at as the same she you know, from the fans, from a lot of fans, um, there are people that will dig in and, and like her more, even. Um, there are companies that will look the other way. Every single one of them you can probably think of. Uh, I think WWE eventually would look the other way if it came down to, like, keeping her away from somebody. I think AEW would look the other way. I think Impact, obviously, is looking the other way yeah, on this. Like, and I mean, it's people like... Have made the, uh, people have made, like... Uh have talked about the fact that, like, they, they already knew. Yeah. So when she does this this match the next day and, you know, I I, I would have, been, you know, been the first one to come on here and celebrate her and be like, oh, this is a big thing. And, this, and now it's just like, all right, they, you know, it's a, just another racist motherfucker. Like, um, and, you know, we got drowned in racism in wrestling in 2019. It seemed like right. And and dealing with everything that had to do with race. And literally we get like right into the new year and (laughs) 
here we are again on One Nation Radio, of course. And I said I was, you know, getting tired of talking about this and having to, you know, talk about the levels of, of how things are. But this is really bad. Like, this is like, you know, this is happening on a smaller scale that is almost more, I don't want to say delicate, but it's like, this isn't getting the coverage like because of where it was happening. It was like, right. you know, within women's wrestling and stuff like that. If this was happening like in WWE, if this was happening like a major like, you know, platform, like the origins of these stories, it would have been like, yo, there's a lot more people responsible here, but this is like a secret society thing almost. It's like, yo, yeah. these people are trying to protect themselves, like and it sucks because like <laughs> you, you know what's funny? You mentioned that it's a uh, because it's impact that it's uh, it's almost like underground, uh, and it, it probably is. But it's funny because like it is the 2019 Sports Illustrated Wrestler of the Year. Yeah, yeah, complete cap. And I've talked about this on the show before. You're never ever going and, and people listen when I say this. You are never going to look bad for praising women in public. However. When you come out here and you say that Tessa Blanchard is the wrestler of the year in Sports Illustrated, you are doing this for clout. You are doing this for clicks. It is not based in reality. It is based in some type of looking for approval, some type of yearn for like for clicks, some type of, you know, I hate, I don't even, I'm not even going to say, say that uh, acronym, but. This is like it's it's flat out. I'll just leave it there. Um, it's flat out what? It's flat out not true. Yeah. I, so yeah. it's. I mean, from a promo standpoint, she's not a good promo. Um, from a wrestling standpoint, she's very good, maybe even great. She's not an elite wrestler uh, in North America. Um, from a drawing perspective, star star type of a thing, she, eh? is she is she any kind of po- po- like she is is she any kind of positive draw for uh, TNA relative to um, in relation in like qu- proper uh, relation to like what a fill in the blank is anywhere else in North America? I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't think she's a. I don't think. She does for TNA like what Jericho does for AEW or what I don't know. Uh, Asinine, even like Roman Reigns does for WWE. No, I don't think so. And I don't. And I'm not saying that's like that's. I'm sorry, she, she's on. That's not. That's like the least important thing for me. But it's like she, 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 like the things that I care about, the wrestling and the promos. She's not there like that either. So like, where, where did this year come from that was so magical in 2019 that I happened to miss? Even though like. You know, I outsource my fucking wrestling in Japan half the time. Yeah, um, I think this is a publication looking for clicks, looking for clout, looking for a low hanging what, what what they think is low hanging fruit. But like, yeah, we can't go wrong. You know, if, if we come out here and praise a woman like this, because if anybody you know blows back on us, you know, we can just point the finger. No, but no, we're now, we're gonna squash that right the fuck now. Year? Did Becky Ooh. win that last year? No idea. I would have to look it up. Now, if Becky didn't win it last year, but Tessa did. Some reason now, I want to say it may have been Kenny, but what? I will look. That's, wow. Okay. 
the year would have been last year with Becky because Becky is actually a proven draw. <laughs> it was having a it was having a great year compared to everybody else in the main roster in the ring on promos, all that. That's the year. So that's crazy to me that they gave it to Tessa. Go figure. Okay, so in 2000 and... Oh, well, hold on. That's 2017. I got... Hold on. Yeah. Okay, they gave it to Kenny in 2017. Okay. Um, so the Women's Wrestler of the Year in 2018 was Becky Lynch. I did not find a male counterpart wow. uh, for that one. So, um, and then Kenny Omega was 2017. I don't know about you. I don't think Tessa Blanchard was Kenny Omega 2017 or Becky Lynch 2018. I could don't be wrong, so but uh, I'm probably not. So I don't think so. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, Tessa, whatever it is you do, I don't know. You know, you gotta, you got, you, <laughs> you don't have to listen to anything I say, right? Right. You don't have to. You don't have to take heed. Her talent speaks for itself. To the advice, it's the other shit. Yeah, it's like. Keep being a good wrestler, because if the second you're not, they're gonna get you the fuck out of here. Oh yeah, because you won't be worth the headache. Um, you are now the Randy Orton of women, <laughs> and it's just like whatever, whatever you do, don't fall off because you'll be out of there quick. Um, and you should probably come out and apologize. Put out a statement. Get a PR team. Um, figure the squash the beef with La Rosa Negra for one. Um, and, and Big Swole said that maybe there are some various reports that said that may have already happened. If not, do it for sure. Um, and I don't know. You better hope she forgives you because that that's that's you know. And then you know your reputation that's that's around the business is fucking muck right now. And you know, it's real rough, like like that. You know that peanut butter. That you know that. <laughs> you ain't gonna do it. I ain't gonna do it. But um, yeah, yeah, it's real rough. Yeah, um, yeah. Just we almost got canceled just yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna have to spend hours editing. Um, I would just like to give a just a circle back before we move off the. Um, the Tessa thing to give a special fuck you to uh, to Moose like <laughs> it's 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 this this it's it's really disheartening to see uh, this black dude not he didn't even like try to uh, sidestep or deny on Tessa's behalf what happened he just tried to like downplay it so that his fucking show's main event would be okay. And it's like, what, what, what about, what about this, this person that like, you probably know, or or you know, people that know in this industry that like life has been a living hell because she's dealing not only with the same racist bullshit that you deal with in the industry, but also as a woman, you're fucking asshole. Go to hell. Um, Marty Scroll, the early front runner for 2020, Jeff Jarrett, Vanessa of the Year. Yes. This man apparently has gotten a main roster level contract while working like, was it 40 dates? 40 like dates. 
40 dates. Kevin Nash would be proud. <laughs> Scott Hall would shake his hand. Yeah. Hulk Hogan would be like, you did it, brother. <laughs> yes. Um, Marty Skrull, only- one of the great workers of all time now. <laughs> yeah. I think it's yeah. safe to put him yeah. on the list. Yes. Like, like who's above him is Brock and who else? Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> okay, so not only... Um, did he get big money, little dates? This man also got booking a booking role. He is now, uh, I guess, co-booker with Delirious. Uh, and you know and, what that means, James, nobody, right? Well, hold on, hold on. Nobody has, nobody knows who actually has the final say. So right now, interesting. Yeah, interesting. Because it's like, yo, you know what this means for Marty, right? This means Marty's girl can get paid from companies until like the year 2050 because he has booking experience on the resume. <laughs> I didn't think of that. Bro, Marty, uh, not just Marty joins the elite who also have this now. It's like, yeah. these are going to be, this is the new click for this era. Oh, God. It, it, two companies booking big money. They fucking did it. I, I'm so like I was so happy for Marty Scroll when I read this. I was like, yo, you know what? Cool. Even if this doesn't work or our issue now, right? A, you got the contract, right? Mm-hmm. You're gonna ride this out for however long it is, maybe a year, maybe two years. How long is you, the deal? No one knows yet. Oh god. That so, can't be good. <laughs> so A, you don't necessarily need to come into AEW right now if you're Marty, because it's like there's a big lot. There's a lot of programs going, a lot of matches still to get to. You coming in is just one more guy, and they have a two-hour show, right? If you go ahead and with ROH, it's just easy. You stay where you were. You get the big money. You get the contract. You get to be looked at as a savior. You get to be a booker, which is like you get to set up for after wrestling Someone will always like go back to, oh, what about maybe we can bring Marty in and have him do something if it goes well. And that savior aspect cannot be overlooked because while Matt Taven took all the bumps and the bruises for ROH for getting put in that position, Marty kind of just got to sit there like almost a tragic figure, right? right. And, and, and catch none of it, right? Even he was still on the shows like everyone, you know, he was still on every show, or whatever. He just wasn't in the main event, didn't have the title, or whatever, right? Now, you have a ch- he has a chance to literally save a company from the muck, <laughs> like like restart Ring of Honor essentially. Um, now will they do it? Who knows? But let's say they got a chance to essentially like restart the narrative around Ring of Honor. Will they do it? Who knows? However, if you are able to get something like that in your contract, I have nothing but respect for you. And if they offer you a booking job to keep you along with you know that much money and those dates. Because they're desperate not to lose you. This is all time great work. Like this is this is awesome. <laughs> yeah, I don't have much to say on it. Like, are we going to give Ring of Honor a shot with pay per views at least this year? I don't know. I I would have to see the cards. <sighs> I'm gonna give them a shot. I, I'm I'm probably making a mistake, but I'm gonna give them. A, I'm, their next pay per view, I'm gonna give them a shot now. Or another shot, because I gave him shots last year, and they fucked it all up. 
Um, yeah, um, but yeah, I, I don't. I don't think it's. A, I think this is the best move Marty could could have made, like for him. And then he can always come in. Uh, those dudes can always tell the stories, like you know, away from TV to keep whatever going. If he goes to AEW, you can always, of course, his significant others in WWE. He could always end up there. But uh, yeah, big for him, and and he he becomes a power broker and. <sighs> The dude owns Villain Enterprises. Like, like he's like zigging when a lot of people think he's gonna zag. It's like, yo, come in and be like the seventh member of the elite. Ah, uh, I can stay here and get all these narratives working for me. Yeah, like, and, and also like he, he. I mean, at the end of the day, he took the best deal. So it's like, you know, like they, all that stuff is cool or whatever. As far as you know, doing the, um, doing Dynamite and, and AEW, but I mean. We've Look, seen friends in the funny. wrestling business, business divide right. and split up right. for for years and years, and this is no different than that. Right, and I think it's very, very funny that like it turns out that Marty Scroll is the is like the only person from that British scene that wasn't a mark. Moving on, uh, you can say Will too. You can say Will. Yet, we'll see. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. It's like he still has a piece of paper that Hammond gave him in a night drawer Damn. somewhere. Damn. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So for next we have Triple H making a dumb joke um, at um, on uh, Paige's behalf. Um, he was doing an interview, I think, for because you know he was over in the UK, so I think it's inside the ropes, and or actually it may have been just a whole media scrum, and he was. And the conversation originally is about like people potentially uh, being cleared or being um, done, and then like getting cleared in the future, like Daniel Bryan. And he starts talking about Daniel Bryan and talking about how like if you work hard or whatever else, and things change, we will look at it, and if that's the case, we will bring you back. Now, Rich is making a face at me that makes me believe that like he's still very upset, feeling that um, WWE had. Uh, Sideline Daniel Bryan for multiple years, so Roman Reigns can fuck off in uh, triple or WrestleMania main events. Um, I, uh, but if you want to, if you, you want to add in on that, or, or that was it, to, you oh, know, okay. and, and I maintain it wasn't hard work that got Daniel Bryan cleared. It was him wanting to fucking leave <laughs> because he was the same fucking guy at the end of two thousand. We, you guys have heard the rant before. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, I'm trying to think what happened from there. Yeah, so then um, he's talking about that, and he's talking about people like that. People, they guess he hears a lot about like Edge because of the rumors of Edge possibly getting cleared and going to see uh, Joseph Maroon, the dude that's famously uh, a, a disgraced doctor in the concussion movie. Uh, it's me to so, believe this guy. Okay. Yeah. So then he also mentions Paige. Um, so while that's all happening, um, he, he talks about how, um, you know, there's more to life than just wrestling, you know, uh, uh, Adam is a family guy, you know, Paige, and then, uh, he makes a lot, or he says, uh, no, Edge said, or he says that Edge, uh, has kids, and Paige may have some kids running around that that she doesn't know about, and then the crowd, and then the, the I guess the uh, the court that that he that he's um, 
I can't, what's the word? Basically, the audience that he's attending to laughs in the background and the video cuts out from there. Um, people are really mad at this. Um, or a few people are really mad at this. Uh, Rich, what are your what are your thoughts or, or what you've seen um, online? When I first saw it, I'm like, oh, man, I wouldn't have said that, Triple H. Like, alluding to, like, just think about a work environment and it's like alluding to a woman's sexual history, which it can be taken that way. Uh, I don't think there's any disputing that. Like it can be taken that way. Usually is a big no, no. Um, just when looking at it and a lot of the, like the, I, I've seen a lot of people talking like, you know, a lot of people were upset. Paige is upset. Renee Young was upset about this. And it's like, well, if there's anyone that would probably make Actually, suggestive jokes like it's not out of Triple H. It's not out of character for Triple H. Like you know, knowing the leader of fucking DX. Yes, um, <laughs> and it's like uh, it's very uncomfortable. If I was Paige, I would be very uncomfortable on all the stuff that you had come out about you and everything like that. It's just like why did you have to do that? I would hope Triple H apologized to her sincerely and. You know, when that goes out like that, it's just like Triple H is so big, he has to be careful what he says. And it's like, while it can be looked at as harmless on one side, there's a whole another side to it where it's like, yo, this is like, could be looked at as sexual harassment. It could be looked at as a lot of different stuff. And I think, I think this is just, I, it's nothing that he made a judgment call in doing. It just kind of like happened. So it was like, he can't take it back, so he needs to try to like. He needs to try to fix it. What, what for? What you know, the sake of his position, like at his job, like you know, being the next Vince or whatever. Like you're gonna want, you're gonna need to have the confidence of, of all those people. Yeah, uh, this slipped under my antenna. I watched the video earlier. Moved on my day. Uh, then before we started this, you told me that like people were upset when women called it sexist, and um, I was like, "Wait, what?" So now I go back and listen to it again, and I'm still like, "Wait, what?" And look, um, it ain't for me to decide what is sexist or what is not sexist. It's for me to learn from it and move on. So that's that's my take on it. Uh, like my my first initial my initial thoughts is just like you said like maybe don't make any sex jokes about any of your coworkers in any way shape or form regardless of how tongue in cheek it was or was not. Um, and then there's also the context of it being paid specifically, which is like I mean I thought the joke was the fact that like a, a woman it would know if she had kids because a pregnancy was taken to term. Da da, that's a joke. But there's also the fact that um, this 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 is to, a lot of people consider this slut shaming. A lot of people also you throw in her history when you know uh, that of her you know having porn th- uh, exposed on the internet getting leaked. So uh, yeah, uh, all bad. Just don't talk. Don't make like you know allusions to the sex lives of your employees. Yeah. And then I think you'll be able to avoid stuff like that uh, before we get into like the uh, more um, granular uh, parts of this. Yeah, yeah. So like you know, some something may seem harmless is just like you know, I'll tell a personal story. Um, they tried to. I remember a job I worked one time. 
And I want to say this is like, let's see, what is it, 2020? So this might have been like 2000. Like, they tried to get me out of the paint what? for 12. So they tried to get me out of the paint for that's what she said jokes before. Oh, and God. then it was like, nah. Like, so like anything like can be looked at as like right. uncomfortable or whatever. And I had to learn from that and be like, you know, I know that I didn't, you know, intend to be inappropriate or anything like that. It's just like how someone else make it. Right. It's so, not about intent. It's about it's it's about like how other people um take it in. So yeah. yeah. So um aside from that, what's next on the list, sir? <laughs> oh, uh AEW has a new person on the way potentially. Yeah. Um Brian Cage. Big favorite of the Doc Chad Matthews. What's up, Chad? I read your email. I will be responding to you, um, you know, whenever I get a chance here. But uh, shout out to Chad. Uh, one of his favorites, Brian Cage. I always have liked Brian Page from the first time I saw him at, um, I believe it was a Rev Pro show Rev in Pro 2017 in Orlando. Yep, he in was Orlando, tagging, he was tagging with Elgin. Yep, just like a perfect tag team if there ever was one. <laughs> like big dudes that do power moves and flips. Uh, Brian Cage, RLPW certified, um, a big motherfucker, like a really big motherfucker. Uh, I like the signing, unique, bring something uh, different to the game. Uh, him and Kenny had a picture on uh, Twitter the end of last year talking about, y'all want to see this match? Everyone, of course, said yes. I think that would be fucking awesome. Um, I haven't seen a ton of Brian Cage, Cage's work, but everything I've seen, like, his moveset is, is amazing, and you know, hopefully he can talk. I don't really know too much about his promo ability and everything, but um, you know, we would hope. ask Caleb about him, but you know, he might you know cry or something or get upset. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. be like that fucker's dead to me. Fuck him. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, left, he left for more money. He left us. In, 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 us. <laughs> us. It's funny, like he's like the TNA guy or Impact guy, and he like barely watches it anymore either <laughs> on the talk. It's outstanding. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what, what did you think uh, when you saw this come across, man? I thought it's cool. Um, I also think that, like, they're. I feel like they're trying to push too many people at once at the same time. Like, I feel like they. I think it's noble of them to try to push almost everybody as some type of star or, have, or something important but like sometimes we just need people to like to come out here and get whooped or to not take or not get much time so mm-hmm. um I don't know like I'm just wondering when, like, I'm wondering when he's gonna turn is he gonna be the exalted one now that like, Marty's not gonna be it <laughs> that's funny like, how, would, how would that tie in how would they make that one work Brian Cage Jesus Christ I have like I don't know I can't become with a joke. It's like I was I would say like they're gonna have like a, a three X bodysuit for this man for, for all the muscles and then the mask, like you just see him you no know, unmasked, like, oh Brian Cage is in the dark order. No, no. Um yeah, an- another big signing in the wrestling world, uh, Mercedes Martinez uh allegedly is signing with NXT and long overdue. Should have been getting paid by somebody somewhere a long time ago. Right. I mean, look, she was in the first man classic and the second man classic. Um, 
she's someone that got should much like um me um when she got signed on her second go on her second go round she should got signed on her first go round just like me um should have been um i i don't i don't know what's the problem with like you know you're already hoarding all the good wrestlers why not hoard another good wrestler i don't get it um never made sense to me she's in wwe the people think that she might uh you know transition to a coach role fine by me because her matches all make sense and she tries really hard and that's all i really want in my wrestling i want your i want your matches to make sense storyline wise and i want you to try hard that's that's it um what do you make of the uh, thing around it that's like the narrative has come out like AW like blew it when it when it came to Mercedes Martinez? Um, I would say that I don't think they put her out at 21 as the big face Joker in her, their women's casino battle royal thing if they weren't intending on signing her. So mm-hmm. whatever happened is whatever happened. Right, because I'm like my 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 take on it is like well. Look at what the women's division like. Look at like all the people they brought in recently. Like you got your Shannas, you got your Statlander, Big Swole. Like you know, if you were getting some, like you know, if you were starting to fill up like that, right? You put your offer out of Mercedes Martinez. She obviously took something from WWE that you don't have, like which is like that coaching position. It's like, I mean, this isn't a draft. Like, it's like, you know, the the wrestlers have a choice here. Right. So, like, you know, I, I can't really get upset with them because it's like, I mean, for me right now, it feels like the women's division is like a found money division in AEW right now. That's it's like, polite. like, if they add something, great. But. I don't see it as a huge loss like for Mercedes Martinez because it's not like she's going to stick it to you on the other side because there's so much competition for her in WWE. So like it's like if if you passed on uh on uh Lamar Jackson or you passed on if if you're the Bears, if, if right? If you're the Bears and you took your biscuit over yes. uh, <laughs> over Mahomes or over a Deshaun or Watson <laughs> and, and then you got to watch them over going to the AFC Championship or whatever, right? Immediately and like you can literally chart right. someone coming coming back and fucking you and biting right. you. Like, like I don't like think Mahomes that's the case the here. Yeah, I, I don't think yeah. that's the case here for Mercedes Martinez. So that's yeah. where I'm like I, mean, I think for me is Clearly, their intention was to sign. Their intention was to sign her, so it didn't happen. So you have to be let down at some point. Now, as far as saying like, but is that going to make or break AEW? No, I don't believe so. But my the thing for me is they 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 pull out someone like a uh, Shanna. They pull out someone that a few of their fans know in Jamie Hader. Well, who's not actually signed yet, but, you know, come do spot duty. Um, and people know her a little bit because of, like, the uh, Jimmy Havoc thing in the Stardom Tour um, in, uh, last year. Or most of the whole year. She did two tours. Uh, but the thing is, like, they desperately need more women that the crowd knows and will pop for in, like, either A, you have to either get your wrestlers in the ring to either wrestle or cut promos in that ring or with Ross or 
with a camera or something and get it done to get these people to give a reason to, to give these people a reason to care about these women. And they've only really been able to do that with Brandy, who's a manager for a Hill faction, uh, Riho, Statlander, and uh, Sheeta. Like, I think in time, I think Nyla too. That's not, that'd be unfair not to mention Nyla. Uh, but like, that's really it. Like, so they, she could have came in and been an immediate, immediate player. Like, Emmy, Emmy Sakura, like, I feel, I believe that like people know her because of the full gear match and some of the other stuff she's had, but like, she's not a full timer like that, right? She's going to be coming in and out. I mean, she's on the full page. I think she's a full on the roster page or whatever else, but like, you know, she has her own promotion to, to take care of or whatever else. She's going to be coming back and forth. Just like Rio's coming back and forth from Japan. And also, like, Sheeta's going back and forth with Japan to do the um, the uh, the actress stuff. So, like, you're all the noble faces that people can immediately attach to the better. So, for me, I'm like, yeah, it's a loss. Is it the end of the world? No. Yeah. But um yeah, good for Mercedes Martinez. Uh, get the bag. You deserved it a long time ago. Yep. Um and thank you, AW for existing, for allowing people to <laughs> you know, use them as leverage or whatever whatever it took to get her, you know, for WWE to be like, All right, we're gonna finally get her. Right. I'm happy for her. And because she's a really nice lady and she's a hell of a wrestler. So and we get that fucking reggae song, um, WWE theme song, you know. Yep. So I get to, I get to, you know, oh listen to that. God. So <laughs> you already know, you know, I could, I couldn't, you know, talk about Mercedes Martinez and not talk about the music. Well, Gotta talk about the music. Well, speaking of AEW. There was, in your estimation, a half hour of dynamite last week that absolutely sucked. Yes. Um, okay. So, what in short detail? What does it? What does this half hour cover? Besides, so, so I know you're talking about this women's title match. What else covers this? Yes. So, um, they have the the women's title match, mm-hmm. the end of the women's title match. <sighs> the fucking uh like the brandy being on commentary um you have the sammy guevara and uh christopher daniels um yeah and then pentagon coming out and the dark order coming out immediately it's like yo you're sticking the dark order and the nightmare collective together like a sandwich like yeah this is a big mac and on the upper part of the bun, you got the Dark Order. and the lower part, you got the Nightmare Collective. But we're going to feed them to you together. That's what it seems like here. So it was about 8.30 to 9 o'clock. I thought this show sunk to levels I've never seen this show sink to. And I was like, this is not good. This is not what I want to watch this is WWE. This is like, why the fuck are y'all doing this? Don't go down this direction. They are in the midst of trying to establish this stuff, but like, it's been so long. It's like, all we wanted was Rio versus Chris Statlander with a clean finish. You have Brandy on commentary. 
burying everything and everyone sounding very unnatural. You have all the interference in the match. You have them having a good match in between all that stuff. They're in the middle of having a really good match. or They were headed towards having a really good match. And it was like, oh, come on, man. And this was it, it was very disappointing. And then um, the 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 Rio gets the accidental victory, and it's like great. And people are being really mean to Rio online right now, talking about you're never around and you're in Japan and come back and lose a title and fuck off and everything like that. And it's just yo, like so we can put the belt on who Statlander. Oh my! Okay. So the um. I, you know, the Nightmare Collective thing, I've come on here and I've said I will allow them, I will allow Brandy to show us whatever she's trying to show us. Well, I'm not seeing it, Brandy. Um, <laughs> it's like, it's nothing I, I want anything to do with. And I believe I said I would love to see the Nightmare Collective walk to Alaska after this segment. Because <laughs> for me, it's not really needed. And it sucks for Brandy because it's like, you know, I've talked about it before. It's like no one wants her to do anything. Like they just want her to sit there and look pretty in the dress and be next to Cody or do that or do less than that even. And then it's like you're not really that good of a wrestler. You can talk, but you're playing this heel character that makes no sense. You know, that just comes out of nowhere. There's so much stuff that as long as you've been setting this up, that has not been laid out. And then right. Dr. Luther, Dr. Oh, Luther comes out. That, that That's the one. That Japanese likes- deathmatch legend, whatever the fuck that means, uh, comes out and gets involved. Why, and don't, he, why don't he take his ass? Why is this motherfucker here? And then it's like, oh, this is a nepotism, another nepotism thing. Oh, this is Chris Jericho's homeboy. <laughs> this is Chris Jericho's best man at his wedding or whatever. So it's like, uh, well, the fuck like and then i'm like well yeah and then i hear austin gun get signed it's like who the fuck was checking for austin gun anywhere billy gun's son everyone um that doesn't know and it's like <laughs> it's just huh? billy gun's son yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's, yeah. Like, it's like huh and then it's like i know you're trying to sign chris bay right now like him and cody might as well just start fucking each other on twitter they're liking each other's posts and all this other stuff and he's an aw sign chris bay do something with him like break the stigma that's starting to like emerge because what's happening is we're starting to put you under a microscope and, and hold your stuff up and it's like yo this, 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 and this is not lining up with division. And I understand the way wrestling is. When someone tells you something, you're like, oh, yeah. All right, now let's see what's really going to happen. We're seeing what's really happening right now. And there are signs here that are like, yo, there is nepotism ridden. It is, you know, there's a reluctance from even media. You said like, a reluctance. No- Yes, there's a reluctancy yeah. for uh, to cover this stuff and call it what it is, like from Dave. Like, I don't know how you watch this match and you'd be like, Statlander's the problem. I don't understand that. Wait, what? Um, re- yeah, and then rather than saying, yeah, this Nightmare Collective shit's a miss or whatever completely, it's an air ball right now. Yeah, like stage. he's been like Melzer's been all over the place with like um like being ro- being like wrong and over positive and wrong and like negative with uh AEW's women division. Like when he gave uh, the full the uh, the MS- 
uh, Sakura and Riho match from Full Gear four stars. I'm like, no, bro. Like, I no. <laughs> that is not a four-star fucking match. I've seen Rio have, like, five better matches than Stardom. I wouldn't give none of the matches four stars. So, nah. I, well, I give one of her matches four stars. But, nah, like... Nah, and I, then, I, like, you know, really the, weird, really the Dark weird. Order angle continued with that. Like, the Sammy G thing, like, they do back-to-back, like, distraction finishes, and it's like, what happened to beating someone clean? Right. What happened to, you know, I know you want to do your Daniels and Pentagon thing, and, you know... I'm Nobody actually, wants that. It's like, yo... Wide, it's like we're, we're building. We gave Sammy G a, like another distraction when you can't have him look like impressive. It's like you're having him wrestle all these old guys, and it's like this guy doesn't need to learn how to work. Like he's a great fucking wrestler. Like let him tear it up and then go in there with Moxley. To me, it just didn't really help him. Um, Daniels actually kind of looked decent in the match. Like he didn't like, like he's playing like he's washed up. He's not actually washed up, but. This half hour just was a complete like. That's not where AEW needs to go. This half hour is just like it was dreadful. And luckily, the show got back on track uh, when you know the Rose Brothers fought the uh, Lucha Brothers, and after that, and then the main event angle kind of worked out. But I think this is one of the weakest shows that they've done that they put together. Um, I originally called it like a wacky Memphis show where they did wacky Memphis stuff on it, but it was like, yo, who's going to tell them about a Nightmare Collective? Because it's like, it's been a, okay. I, I've, I've laid all this stuff out for okay. Brandy. So I, it's, put, I put everything out there that it could be for Brandy. My, my bad, Jeff. But that it could be for Brandy, it's like, we know what she's fighting against, but she just has to produce, and she's not producing. Yeah, and it's a thing that she like. It don't matter who you put behind it. Like, end of the day, it's Awesome Kong at age whatever who hasn't wrestled uh, regularly in who knows how many years. Like, no, <clears throat> it doesn't. At the end of the day, unless they come up with one of the best smoke and mirror shows, and even when they have Cody, his smoke and mirror shows ain't the best either. It's not going to work. So, what we're setting up for is Statlander gets pulled away from the title to go face those those, those fuckers. So, I'm going to say those people, but I like I was like, well, that, that's racist. It was like, but I'm black. Anyway, uh, so, uh, so then, <coughs> from there, like, that's one problem. Two... It's like, okay, so what's next for the champion? And if you tell me Britt Baker again after she's after Britt Baker does nothing but fucking lose on TV, but it so manages to have like a seven and four record, uh, even like Autumn was supposed to been on. Like I don't remember her winning since, <laughs> well, since Full Gear. I don't remember her winning since Full Gear. I have to look. Autumn just had to be on Dark. And if you tell me that, you know, if so, if you want to tell me that, well, you know, Dark is this important, this and third, you're going to have to kill me. You have to do more than tell me about Dark two times one week and, like, never, like, every, and, you know, almost never. Like, I feel like they talk about Dark once every three weeks. So, if you want to talk about why Britt Baker deserves to go at Riho again... You need so to hit dark turning. a lot harder. Like, like she's clearly turning, so like, right. she's trying to do process of elimination now. Right. And it's like, well, 
seems like she's going to get another shot. Right. So, so there's also that. And the main thing for me is, and do not, I'll repeat, do not, future promotions, do not, I'm going to say it again, do not make your tag team match about the fill in the blank of a man. Don't do it. Do not have James Earlsworth uh, drop down a fucking uh, briefcase to Carmella. Do not have, in the middle of a title match, a motherfucker come from underneath as their debut for the match. Don't. Find another match to do it on, or don't do it all. Don't do it. <coughs> Especially was, when you marginalize their time on t- on air anyway in the promotion. Don't do it. This was the lowest of the low. This and, and, they, ru- and-, and they ruined the fucking match in the middle of do- a good match in the middle of it. And so that like so from Russell Kingdom, those two weeks with Jay White's bullshit, those two days with Jay White's bullshit. Then to get to Wednesday and they did this, I was furious. I was furious. I was like, fuck off. This is bullshit. Like, just have a fucking match. Why do why does it always have to be bullshit or whatever else? Like, just let just beat somebody. That's all I want to watch. Somebody goes in a ring and you beat them, and it's not the end of the world because it's a competitive sport and people lose. Yep. AW seemed to have known this for the first was this week 14? I've lost count. I think it's week 14. <laughs> they have known this for the first 13 weeks. They don't know it on 14. Yeah. Very disappointing. Um, just, just bad. Just a bad block of TV. And it's like they can, they can, t- they can make Cody not be champion ever again. But they can't beat Chris Statlander. Are you fucking kidding me? Um, Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Um. Bad news. And, and yeah, I not a, not a fan. I was like. I'm gonna be very negative on this on the show, and I don't want to be. It's like I, I, I think like AEW is in a place where the highs are so high, it just makes the lows seem that much lower. Like ultimately, <laughs> the the Nightmare Collective is a lower card. Like it's ne- never gonna be higher than anything than fifth from right. the top. But it's also right in the now, con- right? right. But it's also in the context of the Butcher, Bunny, and Blade, and also Dark Order, and it's like. None of them, none of them three acts are popping right now in the way that maybe they think they could. And I think like the Dark Order is trending up ever since they started doing the uh, showing you the cult stuff more. But I still have the taste of that uh, of that end of the year match where they laid out all the stars, and I'm just like, that's not what I want to watch because like these are this is a mid card act beating all the dudes that are drawing on top. Fuck out of my face. So yeah, yeah I just like there's. Uh, there's all- there's only so mad I can get about it because it's so low. I won't, but like, don't let this shit creep any higher. Yeah, like too much sports. And also, it's like, I'm fine where it's at if it was taking up less time. Actually, I take it back. You're right. I also want to take up less time. I'm tired of seeing them come out every, almost every single week and just like, get to the point. Like, this shit happened. Like, Brandy laid out Jamie Hayter in Pittsburgh. That was 11 weeks ago. We don't know what the fuck they want. We don't know what the, why they even came together. What caused all this this big gigantic turn out of uh, Brandy? 
Nothing. Like she that one promo where she was like, "We do the stuff that no one else wants to do," but I don't know what that means. Like exactly, it's, <laughs> it's mystery. And I was saying it to Floyd when Floyd was like, "Feeling like I was ODing on it." I was like, "It's mystery box bullshit." It's the same shit that Vince does or, or did with uh, Bray Wyatt or any other spooky character. We have an idea of doing something that looks cool, but we don't know exactly what to do with it, so we'll keep it vague to keep you interested, and then eventually people will be like, well, all right, well, where's Sister Abigail? How come Liv Morgan is Sister Abigail? How come Paige is Sister Abigail? How come any white woman is a Sister Abigail? I don't, I don't want this shit. Fuck off. Either get to the point or step off. It's been 11 weeks. That is more than enough time for you to tell me what you want to do. In 10 weeks, it took Becky Lynch from, from being a mid-card to the biggest star in the company. 10 weeks is plenty of time to do something. You had 11. Get to it. Yeah. It's, um... There was something else I want to say, but I can't remember, but... Um... Yeah. It, it, it's just not good. Like, <laughs> it's just not good. Uh, flat out. And... Right. Um... Yeah, I, I I can't remember what what yeah. I was gonna say, but I'll... yeah. Uh, yeah, that is pretty much the end of the show. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, Stardom talk. Yeah, Stardom talk. So you know what that means, uh, James? You got to load it up. Uh, yeah, I got it loaded up. <laughs> so you know what it is. It's time to hit the music. <laughs> Okay, so um, last we left off, that dirty, rotten, sorry scoundrel uh, Saki Kashima turned heel on the icon, Mayu Iwatani. Um, yeah, so those were the two matches that were up at the time when we were talking about. Like, the, ma- the rest of the show has filled out. I'm not going to go through the card because like, not matches are just okay. But um, a couple things I wanted to talk about as far as storyline pro- progression. Uh Tam just, on one of the shows, like, Tam just unilaterally just says, yep, Big Saya, you're in stars. Just just adds her right in. And to keep in mind, this is... Little Saya. Where, where Lil Saya at? She's already in stars. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, we keep keeping, uh, you know, Team 38 together, you know? <laughs> yes, I guess you we're know? keeping the Infinity Team together, yes. So. Uh, team Jobber. Uh, so... Team Lil Saya, Big Saya. <laughs> So, so then from there, um, it, it, keep in mind, like that happened the day before, uh, Saki turned heel. So it was like, oh, in retrospect now, it's like, oh, it was you, a setup. you've been, you've been replaced. We uh, shuffling. Yes. So, uh, the next day, uh, Nasco actually adds dust to Oreotai. So like now the roster looks a little, a lot better. Uh, so, I mean, she, ooh. Is she their best worker? Uh, let's see. Yep, she's her. Yeah, she's their best wrestler. I haven't seen Dust aside from like you know in New York. She mm-hmm. was fine there. Um, I've seen and- enough to I've seen enough to believe that she's better than Nasco Tora, Natsu Samire, Saki Kashima, in oh Jamie. I'm sorry, Jamie. So she's the second best worker. Okay. Yeah. Right. 
Okay, so... <laughs> Don't be a lover, be a hater. <laughs> yeah, so, um, the match I had, uh, I had asked, uh, you had looked at. So, um, that was from the, the, or the, sorry, the, uh... Fourth. KFC, yeah, the fourth. It was, uh, I can't... Some, some stadium that's, like, normally, uh, not stadium, but arena that, or venue that, um, Tokyo Joshi Pro runs from time to time. It, uh, I, it felt like they ran it because it's closer to Tokyo Dome, and then, like, you find out that, like, oh, like, some stardom wrestlers are going to be in a Tokyo Dome, Tokyo Dome, uh, pre-show dark match. It's like, oh, this wasn't just for the fans, it was also for them. <laughs> we got a haul ass to get to the Dome. So, um, anyway... Uh, the match we're talking about is uh, Jungle Kiona and uh, Jungle Kiona, Konami and Layla Hirsch versus B, Jamie and Zoe Sky Dust. What do you thought? What do you think about the match? Thought it was a good match. Um, Jungle did a lot of selling. They beat her ass for a long time. Uh, Layla Hirsch got in and she looked like she was just like. A low center of gravity out of the Chad Gable school, like of throwing suplexes and being athletic. And she was like really kind of fun to see. Um, it was hilarious. B got six times as many streamers as she normally gets, which is she got a grand total of six. Um, you know, I, J- Jamie may have got one, maybe. Um, and then they bring in Dust. So, I, I mean, I thought it was cool. Uh, Konami was awesome when she got in. Uh, so very fast in, in all her movements and, and impressive with her strikes. Uh, I thought, you know, this made me want to see a tag match with them that's going to be happening, ironically, you know, at the Corkin show. Uh, Maybe so how I, that works, right? Yeah, it, it made me actually want to see it. Like, so, um, yeah, but I, I think the, the big story here, like, I don't, I don't know why this was. Like, they just want to protect all the champions, but they did the finish, um, uh, with, with Layla Hirsch getting the, um, pin on dust no but here. you see how she got the pin yes she ran up the ropes uh and then like did like a like a moonsault back i believe and yeah like she was, did like a like a i don't know like the best way to explain is like you know how she did like three things in a match she did a, those suplexes and then she did the finish right like basically how do i explain this like you know how uh, abushi does the golden triangle uh flip out to the floor she basically right. did like she basically did like a version of our triple jump version of that on the ropes, except going back to hitting the moonsault on the inside of, uh, of the ring. It was like, what the, and the, it was just weird. It was like, I've never seen someone. I wasn't expecting her to do that. I just was like, wait, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. And she could begin to win. That was cool. The thing that was cool for me was, um, the story of all this is, um, they're setting up to where it's like the, the heat is Jamie, or Jungle versus Jamie and Konami versus B. And it seems like, I mean, I looked through this, like Konami's never beaten B, Jungle's never beaten Jamie in a singles match. Um, and if you also go back to the Grand Prix this year, Jungle got hurt when, uh, when Jungle already had a jacked up shoulder and was heavily taped up. And then Jamie ended up hitting her with like a crazy ass, like a choke slam looking thing, and her shoulder popped out the socket. So, like, they're also playing on that with the shoulder and her doing all that selling. Um, so, like, 
it's I can't wait to see this match. Like they had a match in um, Tag League, oh. it was really good too. It was one of the better matches in Tag League. One of the few ones that I would say was I would recommend to people to watch. But I feel like they're gonna have an even better one now. Like they're Konami and, and B together, like <laughs> and then and then uh, their time in a tag match, like it was it was very very damn good. And after the match, um, it was funny. Jungle did her promo in Japanese, and then she swapped it to English and was yes. like, "You are going to die!" Like <laughs> she made sure she understood. Yes, yeah, like they've they've been okay. So the day before that, sh- the day before, like they they done they did uh January second, third, and fourth shows. This was January fourth, but the the day before, they had another match with like a six person tag where they end up on opposite ends. And they were going at it too. Like they've been, they've been pushing heavy on this match as far as how much they dislike each other. Like in fact, um, they did the press conference. I think this morning or whatever, or you know, yesterday their time. Uh, and like, they're starting to shoot. Like, there's, I don't want to say hot shotty, but like they're starting to actually push like personal animosity in like their matchups at in Corican. Um, and it really started uh, probably when Tag League started jumping off, when you had, like, <laughs> Starlight Kids slapping Jungle. But it, I've been noticing, like, it's been picking up. And then, like, you had the Julia and Hannah stuff and how personal that got or them, like, beating the hell out of each other. And then, like, uh, Arissa and Utami, they're starting to get physical. Like, mm. they, they slapped each other. They had, a, like, a, a slap contest in the uh, press conference <laughs> today, too. You know what that makes me think of? What? You remember Slapfest? Oh God! So if y'all never heard of Slapfest, go on YouTube, type in Hot ninety seven Slapfest. So they used to bring two people up to the radio station, stand them right in front of each other, and they'd be like, "Yeah, you can only swing a certain amount of distance." And the goal was to slap the other person, essentially, you know, back and forth, like who would stand up and who would win, who would do the most damage, who would not want to continue. Every so often, you would get someone that would cop back a little too hard or, like, cup their hand or hit somebody in the neck, and then they'd do all these warnings. So I find it amazing that that, that uh, Slapfest is transcending culture and, and jumped over to, to uh, stardom. <laughs> yeah, I'm Unbelievable. Sure watch, I'm sure they were watching her listening to Hot 97. I'm sure it was keeping it locked. Look, in the middle 2000s, yes, right. original Chica was tuned in listening to Snapfest <laughs> or Slapfest. When she's like what thirteen or some shit like Correct. that. Satellite. Okay. <laughs> Satellite. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I mean, that's really all I got. Uh, you got anything else you want to uh, uh, say though before we get off the show? Oh man, uh, go, go go run my my numbers up. Uh, you know, just dropped a new song called "Say Me." Uh, I'm just gonna shamelessly plug it every show, every week. Probably have a new song. Um, yeah, been uh, working hard on them and, you know, put them out. So make sure y'all check that out. Um, try not to be racist so we don't have to come talk about you. Uh, there was a very funny Gabe Sapolsky and David Starr interaction uh, that was on Twitter today where Gabe Sapolsky caught himself trying to expose David Starr, but David ultimately making David Starr's point that you don't pay anybody. Um, <laughs> so, so you should probably no, no, do that. That is a pay anybody it doesn't pay everyone everyone correct correct which is still a problem 
Correct. And then, you know, it brings up the, the conversation of paying dues, which is bullshit. Uh, just pay. We know you're being bankrolled by WWE. Use some of that money. Um, there's a lot of stuff. And then David Starr got into it. Check it out. I think he's since deleted it, but you can find it somewhere if you look hard enough. Um, yeah. So that, that you know, I'm trying to think. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, no. That, um, so, you know, I guess we can roll. Yeah, that's in the show. Um, rate us on the app you're, you're using to listen to this. Uh, tell people about Soul Suplex Podcast Network. Um, check out our friends at powerslam.tv. They're the sponsor of this show. Um, you can use the code Social Suplex to get your free month's trial of uh, powerslam.tv. Also, check us out on Pro Wrestling Tees uh, at prowrestlingtees.com slash suplex. Pick up some official Social Suplex Podcast Network merchandise. Uh, and be sure to check out the other shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. On Sundays, we normally have the show, One Nation Radio. On Tuesdays, we have Keeping a Strong Style. On Wednesdays, we have the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. And on every other Wednesday, we have Grumman Watches Shit. Uh, on, on Thursdays, we have Getting the Ring. And on Saturdays, we have All Things Elite. Thanks for listening. Hey, make sure y'all, uh, if you feel so compelled... Uh, drop a uh, hit up that donation link that's on on the show on Red Circle. If you uh, click on One Nation Radio right underneath it, go ahead check it out. That's it, y'all. Later. Peace. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.